0: It's good to be here this morning. Wanted to update on a couple things happening. For a lot of you that know, a good friend of ours, longtime time member here, Walter Andrews, um, he passed away a couple weeks ago. And Walter has been at the Vineyard for over thirty years. And a lot of you guys love Walter, love his hats, and just his love for Jesus and his friendship. Um, we finally got some details on Walter's funeral. It's kind of been a long story, and we can tell you more another time, but. On Wednesday, February 8th at 4 p.m., we're going to have his uh, his Celebration of Life ceremony here. So that's where you can come for the visitation or else for the service. And then following, uh, uh, there'll be a family meal. into Walter, this church was his family. So if you come here, it, like if you know Walter and this is a place that you like to hang out, we want to... Um, just extend that invitation to you. Don't feel like you got a buzz out after that, but we're gonna do a special meal for him. And be, uh, stay tuned to like, the email and Facebook page and all that stuff and social media where we're gonna share more information about that. But that is happening on uh, Wednesday, February 8th at 4 p.m. Also, um, if you have questions, the last couple weeks we've been in this series, Healthy Sexuality. And this has been a hard topic for a lot of people and it can be controversial on a bunch of uh, different topics and things that surround it, about what the Bible says about it. If you have questions about sexuality in general, what we've talked about, or just maybe something we haven't covered that you would like to know an answer to, there's this page in the back. It's got a QR code. For those of you old people that don't know what a QR code is, flip it over and there's pens. There's pens. Or there might even be a parchment paper somewhere around and like a chisel. I'm just kidding. Um, If you don't know, I'm just kidding. Uh, But you can write your questions on the back and stuff them in our costly generosity boxes and we'll add those to the roster for next week too. So you can either scan this because next week's gonna be great. My friend Jordan... Uh, my friend Jordan McNeely, who's a certified sexual therapist counselor and a great friend, man of God's gonna come and he and I are gonna share together and do a lot of Q and A from questions sent and then live questions if we have time for them. So if you know what some of those questions are, encourage you to do that in advance so your question can get answered because we can't guarantee every live question will depending on the volume of questions that we got. So um, Lord, I just thank you for this day I invite your presence to come here, Jesus, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with us. Thank you for the amazing worship, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. Just thank you for the people that um, serve so well here. Pray fervently for this place and are so active in uh, being agents of transformation of your kingdom, Lord, and in this church, Lord, in our great city. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we bless you, and we do pray for our Bengals beat down the Chiefs tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Um, so anyways, I used to drive when I used to, where I used to, uh, where I used to work every day, I would go by this billboard by Dree's homes and their advertisement, their advertisement was having a house as smart as you are. And every, it, it just made me think these days, everything are, is smart. Like I pull up the gas stations and you can like log on to Wi-Fi at the pump or like uh, like refrigerators that are smart. I mean, it's like everything's smart in the world. And it's like, like I said, TVs, phones, tablets, computers, laptops, gaming system, and then all these other weird things, cars, homes, you know, et cetera. And, uh, you know, there's Alexa, there's Google Home, and like there's all kinds of security systems and mediums. And it seems like our lives, that there's so much information constantly available to us. The world is changing really fast. And I was talking to someone uh, a couple weeks ago. I was talking to this pastor who was an older guy, and we were talking about uh, like the generation under me. He was a boomer, uh, like I'm a Generation X, and we were talking about kind of Gen Zennials, uh, like the Gen Z, Millennial kind of group. And I and I made the comment. I said, "I think my generation's closer to yours as Boomers than I am to the Gen Zennials." And he's like, oh, I completely disagree. I'm like, dude, the thing that you and I have in common, neither of us grew up with like a smart tablet in our hands. We didn't know anything about the internet. And the, and the people that were born kind of circa 1995 or early 90s on, they grew up with like a pacifier that was smart. I mean, everything about the world. And, and I think one of the challenges as parents, caregivers, grandparents, uh, like whatever, is we don't really have a grid exactly of how to minister to the people that are coming up after us. It's kind of like we're trying to build this car as we're driving it and figure out what are the best and most appropriate mediums to educate, to protect, and to um, help our families with, with all the technology around us. Because if any of you are um, younger people, I did not get on the internet until 1999. 1999. I was born in 1977. Doing math, I was 22. And I know, where is our uh, like CPR, AED? Because I know some of these young people are going to pass out that someone could not get on the internet for 22 years. All right? Is, it, is there any of that? Okay, there we go. We've got teams all over the place. But I didn't get on the internet till I was 22 years old. And you can live without it. You don't need it 24-7. You don't, you know, this is not, I mean, this is great, but it's not the end-all, be-all. And, and I think that in some ways that the internet has opened up a world. It's changed commerce. It's changed families. It's changed, like, the global um, interconnectivity. It's changed everything for the good, and I think for the also not so good. I think it's kind of a Pandora's box. And, I, and what, what we're li- looking at is a world that's a lot different than the ones a lot of us grew up in, to be very honest. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that um, a lot of times that the bad guys are a couple steps ahead of the good guys. And it's just like, like when Adam and Eve, God said that pursuit of knowledge, he said, eat from all the trees except don't touch that one. I think there's a kind of a second um, tree of knowledge of good and evil like called the internet that our world's touching And I don't know if everything about it is making our world better. I'm not saying it's making it worse, but there's something about that limitless capacity and potential for knowledge that most of us who are like, you know, older than 35, we didn't have that kind of uh, capability when we were growing up. And like I said, it's made a lot of things better, but it's made a lot of things worse. And one of the things that's a lot worse is there's just some things that some people at different stages that they just don't need to know. Song of Solomon talks about, it says, do not awaken love until it so desires. And I think one of the things that the internet's done is it's made this uh, like general capability for everyone to awaken love. And you've heard me talk about the pornographic content on the internet. Over half of all internet traffic is designated to one purpose, and that's pornographic. One purpose. Over half of all traffic, every day, all days, since 1999, since they could publish, since they had statistics on this stuff, for 24 years straight now almost, the half of all traffic is pornographic in nature. That's even with the advent of social media. Still, so much social media is used for those purposes. And what I think, what we wanna talk about today, that a healthy sexuality includes healthy boundaries. It includes healthy boundaries because there's a lot of people that say, I wanna be free, I wanna be pure, I wanna be wise, but they don't have a proper game plan or proper tools to use when the storm hits. And so what we wanna just talk about today on a much lighter note than the last couple weeks have been is how do we protect ourselves and our families and those that we're giving care towards, like our businesses, et cetera. How do we um, have a life where we can... um, where we can honor God and have access to the things that we need access to, but then also check ourselves and also have boundaries for the people that we love and protect. So that's what we're gonna talk about today um, is I think that we live, in a, in a, and it's very inter- interesting in the information age, um, the general like, IQ of the populace is six points lower now than it was 30 years ago. So people have more information than ever, but they're dumber than ever before. Isn't that interesting? We've become so dependent, like on Google, or else Alexa, tell us, tell me this. You know, tell me how to put on my shoes. Tell me how to put on my belt. You know, whatever. It's like, we've got all this information, but I I think in some ways we depend on it so much that we forget a lot of it can be very dangerous if we're not careful with it. We have to outthink the technology. And as people of God, Jesus says that, like, he said, man, the people of the world are so savvy in their business offerings. He said, shouldn't people of the light be that much more? Like, people of the light, we should be informed and formed according to the nature of God, not according to the standards of the world. So how do we protect our home, our environs, our cars, our watches, our phones, our tablets, our computers, our Eyes, how do we guard our eyes? I mean, Proverbs 22, six says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they will not depart. How do we train up the next generation of people? Because the internet's not going anywhere. We can give all the cursory warnings and all the, like, I don't know, whatever, all the statistics. It's not going anywhere. But how do we not get consumed by it? How are we not duped by it? That's what we're gonna talk about. And I wanna tell you, it's not the job of this church. It's not the job of the student pastor. It's not the job of your schools. It's not the job of internet service providers. It's not the job of search engines to protect us or to educate us. It's your responsibility as a disciple. People who are disciples take their faith, that they hear God for themselves and they obey what they've heard. Now, the church exists as a resource. Student pastors exist to educate kids and come alongside families, but it's our responsibility as disciples to put up our own walls, to put up our own boundaries, to put up our own fences, to choose the things we'll indulge in or not. All we can do is share, but it's gotta be between you and the Lord. It's gotta be, be between us and God. And we need to be conscious of what we're demonstrating for other people. So if you have kids or grandkids in your care, If you're a business owner, if you have people that use your internet, you are responsible for what other people see on some level. And the whole be and let be thing that permeates our culture, this ethos is is not godly. In a study spanning from 1995 to 2015, researchers discovered um, extensive use of pornography by adolescents in the United States and our countries. Often, initial exposure is unintentional when kids study upon pornographic imagery with things like clickbait. 12 to 17-year-olds are the largest group of internet porn users on planet Earth. 90% of boys and 70% of girls younger than 18 admit to having seen uh, pornography at least once. of teens admit to intentionally seeking out porn um, online. Pornography sites have more traffic than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. Teen girls are more likely to seek out pornography than our young women that are 25 years or older. And 64% of people aged 13 and 24 view porn at least weekly. And 49% of young people first viewed pornography before the age of 13. And actually, I found after this that the average first exposure for a child of pornography is between the ages of eight and 11. And like I said, don't awaken love until it so desires. Kids, kids without outside influences aren't gonna think about this stuff until their body starts changing. So kids that are four, five, six, seven, eight years old are finding this stuff. It means there's a leak in the system or there's outside influences that are maybe getting in that they never needed, that they never would have thought of this stuff on their own. And um, these statistics from staticbrain.com said this, approximately 16,000 new adult films are released annually. The porn industry makes $2.84 billion a year just on the internet, and overall makes $57 to $100 billion a year. That's more than the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, all combined. That's more than the gross national product of about 95% of nations on planet Earth. The most searched term on the internet, like I said, is sex. Um, 87% of uh, university students say they've had sex over webcams or their phones. The pornography industry, um, is it's enormous business and they know how to market. You guys ever been just scrolling needlessly? Like you just are looking at something like making chocolate bunnies, or go visit your friends and all of a sudden there's these pictures that are like, what is this person doing in their bra and underwear? Or what's this guy doing posing like he's on like the top of Mount Olympus, like in his Speedo? Like what's going on here? It's like there's these clickbait things or, hey, look up the most attractive athlete or the most attractive whatever. It's like, and then if you click on that thing, like you click two or three times and bam, you're in things that you never wish you would have saw or maybe you were looking for in the first place. But Psalm 101.3 says, I will set no evil thing before my eye. Listen, we can fall into a lot of things we wish we hadn't on accident. I remember the first time I looked at something on the internet, it was an accidental keystroke. I was putting in a a sports site, the last letter was wrong, and it redirected me to a world of Babylon, basically. And never even knew existed by one keystroke error. And I think that um, this thing can be like a drug for people. I mean, sex is a drug. And we have to be very intentional about how, like it says, um, it says, I think it's in 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy, He says, therefore, guard your life and your doctrine carefully. And in doing so, you'll save yourself and those that hear you. We have to guard our lives. And I'm not saying head for the hills. I'm not check out until the rapture comes sort of thing. I'm not talking about that. I don't even believe that. But what I'm saying is that we can, we can be as innocent as doves and as shrewd as serpents in how we handle the things that are available to us. And so one of the things I want to talk about is ask you, do you have internet filters? Do you have uh, uh, like parental controls? Can your kids upload any app on their phone? Can they just get on their smart TV? Do they have a TV in their room or, or like on their Xbox or on their PlayStation? Can they just upload any app they want? If they do, please go change that this week. Go change that this week because what they're gonna find is probably not just like the next rendering of Madden or Call of Duty. They're gonna find other things that you wish and they will wish later on that they hadn't. And it will probably cause a fight. But I'm telling you, if you're a parent or or else you're a caregiver and you can't, um, and, and it worries you if your kid's mad at you, like, yeah, we're called to more than that as parents. listen, we are the sentry of our homes, of our children's souls. And if we don't guard them, no one will. And the world wants to tell them. The enemy, the world, wants our kids to be inundated, wants us to be duped to just thinking that like this stuff is just blasé. But it's not. It's not. And if your business, if your home does not have password protection, encryption. I mean, not only could you fall into things you don't want, I mean, you can get robbed blind online. Like, there's bad people out there who want to dupe people. And I'm not trying to, like, scare everyone, but I'm just saying, like, we gotta be wise. And we can't keep birds from flying over our heads, but we can keep them from making nests in our hair, can't we? I mean, I can definitely keep them from making nests in my hair. But, but... Most of y'all that are less uh, follically challenged, you know, we, we, we can't keep what's going on all around us out, but we can decide what we let in. Amen. And so, do you have software? Like, do you know there's software out there that um, you can put on your phones and can put on a lot of your devices? And most everything these days, if you have Amazon, if you have Google, you have Microsoft, whatever you use, there's stuff out there. If you've got an iPhone, do you know you can block your kids from getting online? You can only allow certain apps. Take the app store off your kids' phones. If you have a problem with looking at junk you shouldn't, have someone else have the password to your phone that you can't upload apps or that you can't just get online. Like this isn't just to protect kids, like this can be to protect ourselves. Do you have someone do you have someone you're accountable to? Do you have someone that knows what you're looking at, like, like I always tell people, uh, I always tell people when I disciple them, I'll say, "Listen, you can ask me any question you want about my life. You're welcome to look at my checkbook, at my balance statement. You're welcome to look at my like internet history. You can ask me anything you want because I want my life to be an open book to the people that I'm closest to." Amen. And we gotta be willing to be vulnerable and transparent, but also fortify ourselves because there's things that can happen. Like I have a friend who he went round and round about this stuff and he, you know, had similar struggles as me and he's like, I don't wanna have all these boundaries. I don't wanna have to have a um, internet filter. He's like, I just wanna be able to choose it without all of that. Well, I do believe Jesus said, I do believe Jesus said in, um, uh, where is it right here? I got this verse. Come on, homie, verse. Where is it? To Matthew, I believe, 14, when Jesus says that if the owner of the house would have known when the thief was coming, he would have locked the door. You know that we, I'm sorry, Matthew 24, not 14, 24, 43. If the owner of the house would have known when the thief was coming, he would have locked the door. And the one who says he doesn't wanna fall off the cliff at the edge of his yard puts a fence up just in case. Because you never know when you're mowing grass or throwing a football, like, oh, it flew off a cliff, it's over. (laughs) And that can happen a lot in life, right? Sometimes temptation will just jump out. And the enemy, it says that when he tempted Jesus for 40 days, it says at the end, when Jesus told him to leave, he said he left him and came back at a more opportune time. Do you think that's an opportune time for Jesus or you or for him? It's for him. The opportune time is for the enemy. Like he's gonna look for ways with all of us to sabotage and infiltrate and ruin our lives because, you know, Satan, like Jesus at his core as a lover and a giver and a forgiver, Satan at his core is just a turd. <laughs> he's just a jerk. He's the Grinch on roids. He's the worst guy ever. And he hates you. And he wants to destroy you. It matters a lot to him if you go down with him. His hate is only outdone by God's love. Third John chapter four says this. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. The reason we're in this series is because there's lots of bad information out there about this stuff. And what we just wanna share is the truth that's found in God's word. That's what we want to share. You might say, well, the the, the word doesn't talk about internet filters, but it says, I set no evil thing before my eyes. And it says, if the owner of the house knew when the thief was coming, that they would have locked the door. What are the locks on the doors of our heart? Proverbs talks about, above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of our lives. So we're meant to guard our heart, we're meant to guard our eyes. We're meant to honor God with all of our faculties and part of that is not being foolish and just saying anything goes. And you might say, well, I'm not really saying that but you're actually saying that with your kids if you don't have guards up. You're saying, well, whatever you find, good luck. And like I said, we're trying to build this car while we're driving it and figure it out and most of us have never had to think about these things to the last 20 years. But the fact is, it's here and we have to think about it now and if we don't, Shame on us. I mean, if we don't take what's going on in front of us now and deal with it, like, listen, the world without this stuff is never going to exist again until, uh, like, the recreation of the live heavens and the earth. And I'm not saying that it's all the worst thing, but I'm saying that it can be if we're not careful, if we're not prayerful. And it's up to us to honor God with our families, with what we have, because you remember, we talked about Jesus. Everything is due with my time, with my talent, and my treasures. Everything I have is God's. And so I, I encourage you. Do you do you have, do you have, uh, things up and around your lives to protect yourself from falling and protect those you love? Because it's really easy. It's really easy. It's because there's so much access, like the curiosity, the curiosity killing the cat thing is one of the most insidious things that's enslaving our planet right now. And I think that we have to, um, we have to be really intentional. So there's a seminar at a church that we're really good friends with, uh, Vineyard Northwest Church. They're just like up in Coleraine, Ohio, the other side of the river. Yes, people in Ohio can be your friends, okay? Um, But, but Vineyard Northwest, two week, um, in two weekends from now, February 10th and 11th, they're gonna have their second installment of Moral Revolution. Some of our team went there last year. It was a great thing. If you're a parent, if you're a caregiver of people, or if you're just a student leader, or you're just like, man, I just wanna be educated of what's going on out there, go to this. Go to Vineyard uh, Northwest website. You can register. You can go take some friends. It was really great last year. It was very helpful for our team because just a lot of our team came back like we didn't know this. And sometimes ignorance is bliss, but um, also ignorance is, um, can sometimes be just, um, you know, um, it, it can be like the way that the, that the enemy ruins our lives. And so we gotta be ahead of the game on this stuff. So in, in in homes, one of the things that the moral revolution talks about is there's four cultures of sex in a home, in a house, in a community, in sports teams, clubs, friends. One is a silent environment. Like we're just not going to talk about it. it. It's not there. If we don't talk about it, um, it doesn't exist. It won't hurt us. But what we're left to believe then is either this thing is really important or it's really Not important at all, or maybe it's just plain taboo. Or there's the oversaturated environment where there's the where there is a um, there's an open door. Sex is a natural thing. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. It's casual, crude. It's rude, joking. It's a belief. Like just the amount of shows that are on TV. Just how much like shows just revolve around just the assumption that people look at each other and they shut the door and it's game on. I mean, our world is inundated with us. We need to know what our kids are watching. We need to know what our spouse is watching. What's your spouse watching when they go to sleep? Like when you fall asleep early. Have you ever had that conversation? Because I'll tell you what, one of the worst times to be on a device is after 10 p.m. That's when Skinamax, you know, Cinemax turns to Skinamax and stuff just, you know, it's just, there's a lot of things that happen when we're by ourselves and we're tired. I mean, a boundary for yourself is like, I'm just like, I have a boundary for myself. I don't get on, I don't get on any devices by myself from 10 to 6 a.m. I just don't. I just don't. The first thing I do in the morning is not check my phone. First thing I do is I'm just like, I'm gonna get in the word first. I'm gonna get in prayer first and I'm not gonna touch my phone till I've done that for, you know, 45 minutes to a couple hours, whatever I need. But it's like, we have to have boundaries in our lives because every yes embedded in it is a no. We either say yes to godliness, we'll say yes to intention, we'll say yes to purpose. If we say yes to those things, we can say no to just wanton desires, we can say no to foolishness. Or sometimes we're just jumping on our phones right away and we see all this tech storm or this big thing on Twitter blown up. You might say no to your quiet time. You might say no to your heart the rest of the day. The peace that was meant for you can just be out the window because all this thing was the end all be all. And really, I'm gonna tell you, I think this stuff is an idol to people. This is an idol. You might say, "Well, it's not like this gold shrine that we set up in a corner and we like worship like as a Buddhist, like a Buddhist, like a Buddha statue." Have someone try to take this from you for a day, and see how ticked off you get. <laughs> I don't even know how to get to my house without this map. Like, come on, dude! I don't even know my I don't even know my my mom's number. It's like, come on! Like, this this is such an idol. And it can be a gift, it can be an asset, but man, there is, this thing is, do you know this has more power in it than the first NASA computer did? That was like the size of this room. This has more power and computation ability than that did. The thing that got the first rocket off the ground, got the first person on the moon, there is more capability in this than there was in that room. The thing that could communicate with the moon we just think, oh, well, we don't really, we can just be willy-nilly about it. And I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm just trying to say, like, let's, let's wake up. Like my friend Chuck talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, like in the book, of, uh, like the book of Ephesians, it says, wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Like, we've gotta wake up to what's really going on in the world and what's really going on inside of us and what can really happen. Because do you know 25, and and this isn't like meant to be a theological thing, but it kind of is, 25 of the 27 books in the New Testament talk about falling away. 25 of 27 books in the New Testament are written to Jewish believers. You can't fall off a perch that you're not on, but every one of them has warnings about falling away. And yes, we can be secure in our salvation. We can be secure in who Jesus is. The Bible talks about that ad nauseum. Over and over, it talks about be secure, be secure in Jesus, but it also says guard your hearts, guard your lives, guard your eyes, guard your habits, guard guard your families, guard your churches, guard your flocks, guard your nation. There's this thing of the watchman on the wall that you can't fall off a perch that you're not on but we can't just act like we're going to have unguarded lives and think we're going to make it when the Bible warns of it over and over and over again. Like we say all the time, if we want to be like Jesus, we got to be like Jesus. Amen. Fasting's a good thing. Anyone in here do intermittent fasting? That's basically where you just say, I'm not going to eat. I'm only going to eat in this portion of time each day. Like I try to not eat from... Um, from like seven at night till like 11 the next day. So I try to just eat in the window of that because it's actually really good for your body. There's something really good for your body about fasting. Do you have eight hours a day where you can put your phone down or put your tablet down or turn your TV off? I say, oh man, it's getting real. I don't know if I like this church. (laughs) I mean, isn't it crazy that to, to some of us that's, uh, like, maybe your armpits are getting, like, like you know, <laughs> uh, do like a little Mary Catherine check now, because you're getting sweaty and nervous. But it's like, to some of us, that sounds like an unbelievable thought, to put our phone down, to fast, to have boundaries. Wait, there's parental checks? Wait, there's content filters? Do you know every search engine that's worth its weight and salt, you can say it's strict, moderate, or... Game on filters, you can set your content filter. It's just being wise. And how do we how do we pray? How we pray and how we prepare is going to really determine what the purity of our life is like. And I'm not trying to say purity in like the prude sense. It's like how do we live between lewd and prude? It matters to people. And it's gonna be very hard to preach one gospel to your kids and live another. If you have no filtration on your mouth, on your eyes, on your words, like do you know your kids notice if you're looking at the opposite sex or the same sex all the time, like they're like, like a ham that you just wanna consume. For you veggies, a cauliflower crust. <laughs> Whatever it is. Whatever your flavor is, like, they're watching, and they know. And we always give what we have. We can't give what we don't have. Like, I remember when I was 18 years old, I graduated. And, uh, uh, like, me and one of my good friends, Lindsay, we always would have this joke. Like, we loved, like, the old, like, Chinese dubbing movies. You know, those ones from, like, the 70s, where, like, you'd see, like, like, over here is Godzilla. And they'd be like, "Mm." The large dinosaur, huh, run away. Like those ones, like we would watch the ones where they were kind of dubbed over and always had some guy with like a John Wayne voice and like a guy that was like five foot two. Like, like you know, kind of thing. But we would always kind of joke and make these jokes about like the Buddha. Like uh, just, there was this one kid in our class had a very large gut and we would just always walk up to him and go, Buddha, like, you know, just rub his stomach for good luck. And so when I graduated, she gave me this little funny Buddha statue. Just this happy, fat guy with like these long ears. Like, ah, like you know, like uh, getting re- ready to eat a piece of bamboo or something. And, and, and I thought it was so funny. And I took it and I set it down on my dresser. Like I remember I was living at my best friend's house at the time. And I remember his mom comes down and she's appalled. She's just ticked off at me. She lays into me. Gail Mayberger, love her. Um, you guys have heard me talk about her and just my spiritual mom, um, and she just said to me, like, you know, you, you got to throw this thing out. She's like, this is ungodly, this demonic. It's this isn't even funny. She's like, and you got to think about what you're joking about. And she said, she's like, it's, she's like Ryan, check. And I really push back. She's like, I think this is so common for you that you're just, it's like getting a vaccine just putting a little bit in your body like inoculates you she said I think this is so common for you just joking about things that aren't godly I think that you are blind to the potential of darkness in your life I was really mad but I prayed and I was really convicted and I felt like the Lord just I just took the thing and I took a hammer at first I threw it in the garbage and literally I can't tell you how but the next day it wound up on the porch just sitting there and so I thought, what's a great idea? I'll take it back into my room. It must be meant for me to keep it. <laughs> and, then I, and then I just, I'm, as I'm walking down the stairs with this thing, I'm the only one home. I just felt like the Lord say, like, it's me or this. And so I took it outside, and I found a hammer, and I just crushed this thing. I just got rid of it. And I never really thought about it again. Tell my friend, like, where's your Buddha statue? I'm like, it's is in the bottom of Rumpke, like in Gehenna somewhere. And, and, and I'll tell you what, there, there's some of this in our lives. If we're gonna pursue Jesus, we're gonna have to take some extreme measures. People will mock you. It will seem silly. It will seem silly to you to even what you thought yesterday, maybe uh, like today. But like, if we wanna see God move in ways others don't, we've gotta seek him in ways others won't. And I'm not saying that you gotta take a sledgehammer to this, but maybe you do. not saying you got to take a sledgehammer to whatever, but maybe you do. But what lengths are we going to go to, to honor God with what, what's in our lives, with, with, with what's in our families? I choose not to have passwords. I don't have, I don't have a password to my phone beyond I can get on a log stream. I can't, I don't, I don't want passwords to apps. My wife has all that. I, I would rather just have that fence up in my life. I don't have them I don't have them to my TV. I have people I update every morning of my life how I'm doing with the Lord and if I've guarded my eyes and my heart the day before. Every day, every single day, I make a call and I send three or four texts just to update because I know that that thing that hems me in like that, it's not just that it keeps me safe, it keeps me honest and the truth sets me free. Now, sometimes the truth will tick us off first, but it'll eventually set us free if we live into it. And I'm, I'm not the model citizen. I've had, to do, I've had to back into a lot of this stuff because I was so deluded and so lost and I just made things that's so common that they were, like as my friend said, they were ultimately profane. But as I've learned to guard my life, to guard my eyes, to guard my kids, um, I'm seeing the fruit of, that the Lord bears in it. We have to talk to people about this stuff. You have to talk, talk to your spouse about this. Talk to your spouse about this because I, I know most marriages that I know that um, fall apart for this stuff, there was just like this awakening of when you caught someone and it wasn't the first time. Like if you walk in on someone, guys, gals, and they're like, oh, this is the first time I've ever looked at it, they're lying to you. It's not the first time they looked at it. But we can be ahead of the game to ensure people after us that maybe the first time they try to look at it, we get an update. Like there's a there's an app out there, Covenant Eyes, that you can get. And it covers a bunch of devices for like 16, 17 bucks a month. And you can tell. It'll send you a picture of what someone looked at on your, on your um, like in your group. It'll show you a blurred picture that says badthings.com, whatever it is. You know, I'm just not gonna, I don't wanna defile anyone's mind but it'll show you a blurred picture and say they tried to look at this at 12.02pm I I remember the first time I got a call like that from uh, like one of my accountability partners he sent me this blurred picture and says hey buddy what are you doing right now (laughs) nothing and I'm like well at first he said hey buddy what are you doing right now I said nothing then he sent me the blurred picture and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) it was real time and, uh, but it was a, a segue to a much bigger and needed conversation. And really, I think that um, kids too, students, this is for you too. It's not just your parents' responsibility because when you turn 18 and you go outside their house, maybe you get your own phone, maybe you get your own internet, or maybe in this world, people 30 years old, when you leave your parents' house <laughs> and <laughs> and you get a job that's more than... 12 hours a week and that video games, whatever. Uh, but, but it's your responsibility, your faith is your responsibility. So don't be like, oh, I'm 18, I can do whatever I want. When You're still a Christian, right? And you wanna guard yourself against falling away. You wanna guard yourself against sliding off the cliff. You wanna guard yourself against just stumbling because the enemy will wait for a more opportune time. And so there's a bunch of websites out there. Moral Revolutions, a great one. DefendYoungMinds.com. There's Let's Parent Well. Uh, Like I said, there's uh, Protect Young Eyes. And then there's Sex Church Culture. There's a bunch of books and conferences and things that you can look at and just educate yourself. And if you're single, maybe you live alone. Maybe you don't have grandkids or maybe your kids are long grown. But maybe you're having a problem with this. This stuff is for you too. It's not just like this Pollyanna for babies stuff. This is for born-again people to have wisdom. We need accountability. Now don't set yourself lazy administrator if you're having a problem. Let someone else do it who's gonna hold you accountable and hold you up. Because the truth sets us free. And like I said, the truth might tick us off. Like there's times I just wanna look up something. I wanna find something. Not even something bad, but I'm just like I gotta, hey honey, take my dunce cap, will you let me do this? But like like, you know what, there's sometimes I don't like that, but I, I, I like the secure, I have way more freedom in that security and in that boundary than I do just operating on my own. Like, rules, that, that absence of rules is anarchy, okay? But rules are meant to have a just, safe, fluid society, and we need to have the same boundaries in our lives as born-again people, especially online. Um, so yeah, have those conversations And teach by example It's okay to go to your kids and say Hey, I, I didn't even know of this And I'm really sorry Don't go like, you little turd What are you been looking at? Like just say, hey You know what? And if you failed, maybe share it Say, dude, I got into this, man And, and it tore my life apart Maybe you're divorced because of it And your kid's old enough Share that story or maybe you're married still in your life and you guys have really had some challenges. Share that, Share, lean for a, teach from a place of vulnerability, not like, oh, oh, sinner. No, like be vulnerable, be honest. It's really okay to be honest. That's why it might make you uncomfortable how honest we are sometimes up here. But I've got nothing to hide or nothing to prove. Like I am just a dude that loves Jesus a lot and like, I know the Bible pretty well and I can get up in front of people and talk. But I also know that my life has been sunk when I haven't lived into the things that I'm trying to share with you. We're all vulnerable. We're the, if the enemy looks to come after Jesus at more opportune times, how much more will he us? How much more will he us? And it's just time to be honest. It's just time to be straightforward, and it's sometimes time to be honest, like, Lord, I, what I'm doing hasn't been enough. Not that I was trying to avoid you, but maybe I just didn't know. Maybe I was ignorant, or maybe I'm really resistant, and I don't want anyone telling me what to do. How dare you tell me what to do? There's only one Lord, and it ain't you or me. Come on. And Jesus says, apart from surrender, we have no place in his kingdom. So the Christian life is about a series of surrenders and submissions. Like last week we talked about husbands and wives submit to each other. Submit to each other. Now, wives, I'll tell you this, or husbands, I'll tell you this. If your partner struggles with this or your kid struggles with this, don't just put on the role of the, of the cop that they report to you of how bad they've been or how good they've been like they're a parole officer. It should be a two-way street where you're both sharing your struggles. Because you might not struggle with this issue, but you might struggle with an anger issue because they've got this issue. So be accountable to each other. Be submitted to each other. And so in this walk, you know, it's not about we're, we're not gonna get this all perfect and we're not gonna be able to barricade ourselves. from here. And we don't wanna live in fear, but we wanna live wise. We wanna live wise. Because I think you wouldn't, if, if has anyone ever been to, like, London or New York City or L.A., somewhere like that? I just went to London a couple weeks ago. In the span of the city, the vastness is incredible. And I thought about, like, to get five miles from where we stayed in Lambeth to, like, downtown London was only, like, 5.8 miles to Big Bend. And it took, like, an hour to get there. And I had this aha when I was there thinking about, you know, like, uh, like Big Ben is where we, you know, we wanted to go and see it. And I thought, would I would I ever imagine that I would drop my kids off and say, hey, come meet me at Big Ben. They'd be like, well, like, how are you gonna get there? Just figure it out. You can take the tube, you can take a cab, or you can take a Uber or whatever, but just, just figure it out. Get online and figure it out. Would you drop a five or six-year-old off and tell them to meet you in London somewhere just randomly hoping that they get there? I mean, there are... None of us would ever think that to do that, unless you're kind of messed up and you just want to mess with your kids or you want to get rid of them, like you wouldn't do that. And I thought there are more avenues, there's more byways, there's more traffic on the internet highways than there is in London, LA, New York, Chicago, or whatever. And yet some of us are just living as we just say to our kids, good luck, hope you get there. Good luck, hope you make it in purity. Hope you love Jesus still. Hope you learn the right things about sex because I'm too uncomfortable to talk to you about it. I'm too afraid to give you a boundary because you might not think I'm cool. That's called bad parenting, just like dropping your kid off in London and telling them to meet you at some monument and hope they get there. Okay? And now, sometimes we don't know, so I'm not saying you're a bad parent, but if you know today and you never knew this, and and now you know, it would be bad parenting to keep on in that vein. Sometimes we just don't know what we don't know and we fix it. You can't be guilty for something you don't know, right? On some level, there's sins of omission and commission. But if you know now and you keep doing it, you're setting your kids up for failure, you're setting yourself up for failure and we'll be accountable for it. One way or another, we're gonna be accountable. And I've learned in my journey, it's better to be proactive instead of reactive. It's better to say, I got this fence up. I got this boundary up. I got this thing up. I got this accountability structure up because I don't want to fall again than it is to like, I fell. I blew it, God. I blew it, Carla. I blew it, Ray. I blew it, my family. Because sometimes blowing it can be a step too far. And you never know what you or your loved ones are going to walk into that could take them, I had no idea that day I put that wrong keystroke in, you know, 24 years ago, where that would lead me in my life. I had no idea the havoc that would wreak on me. I didn't even know such a thing existed. But once I knew, then I was accountable. So I wasn't guilty on the sense of like, but after that, every time was on purpose. So today, maybe you didn't know coming in here. I don't want you to feel shame or guilt, but once you know today, ask questions. Come, ask questions. Bring those questions next week. Like, how do I guard my family? How do I guard my life? I think it'd be amazing if someone just like, hey, I've got this problem and I want help. That's what we're having this men's healthy sexuality for. Uh, uh, Transforming betrayal for women um, who have been hurt by this or are struggling with this stuff. Like, That's what we have these groups for. That's what CR's for on Monday nights, Celebrate Recovery. We wanna help with this stuff. Like the moral revolution, we wanna help with this stuff. Matt and Steve, our our student and kids pastors are gonna be doing a symposium here in the next um, next month or two on a deeper dive of how to fortify your home. So we wanna encourage you. But if you know, then we're culpable. And anyone... Watch any G.I. Joe when they were growing up? What'd they say at the end of G.I. Joe? Half the battle. Now we know. Half the battle. And, and knowing is half the battle. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Way more of you saw that than that. Like, he, you're the only cool one. You're, you're just. Dude, what's your name? Scott. Scott, you're cool. So, <laughs> the rest more weenies. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, now we know, and knowing is half the battle. But be encouraged. There you know what, this stuff, if it's un- if it's unnerved you a little bit, don't go fight your kids or like throw your TV out the window unless the Lord tells you to. But like, don't be afraid, you can do this. We can help you. You might be the least tech-savvy person in the world. We can help you. We can help you. There's people around here who wanna help you. I want to um, invite just people if you want prayer today. If you're like, hey, you need prayer for anything, maybe this stuff's not resonating with you, or maybe it is, maybe we're hitting some chords um, we want to uh, pray for people because we believe that God meets us. We, we believe that we have a God that cares. We believe a God, he cares enough to put this stuff in his word so we'll be informed. So now we know, and knowing is half the battle, that our battle's not against flesh and blood, but there's rulers and principalities and dark things out there that want to come get us at an opportune time, that want to assail us. And uh, we would just love to pray with you today. So if, you, if you're physically sick, Or maybe you're having relational problems. Maybe you just have self-image problems. Maybe you've been really hurt by the sexuality of other people. Maybe you've been a victim in your life of public abuse or a series of abuses. Maybe you've abused. We wanna pray for you today. So, So Jesus, we ask you to come. We invite you into our church. We invite you into this meeting place. We invite you into our lives. Lord, we invite you into our families. We invite you to our internet. We invite you to our TVs, to what we watch, what we think about. Lord, help us to have boundaries up that honor you, that protect our hearts, protect our families, protect our businesses, and that we can honor you. I pray that we'd be a church that doesn't just keep our head in the sand and just think that we just hope hope it doesn't come our way. Because Lord, you said if the owner of the house knew when the thief was coming, they would have locked the door. But Lord, but then your word also says, I'd love to see when my children are doing well. And it says, I I will set no evil thing before my eyes. Lord, help us to be the kind of people that take your word seriously. And I pray for people today that are struggling, are struggling sexually, are struggling uh, physically, relationally, struggling in their families, Lord, to just gain control of situations that are spiraling, Lord, of habits that are broken, of kids that have gone wayward, or maybe a spouse off the rails, maybe their own lives, maybe our own issues, Lord. Would you just meet us today, Jesus, in this place? We love you, Lord, and we just bless you, and we thank you. It's your name we pray, amen. amen. Love you all. Go and sin a lot less this week. Just kidding. In who day?